does the clock know that it needs Man, to be silent? Do you know? Do you know that you need to be silent? The, the clock tripped me out. The thing keeps ticking. Yes, shit. and I'm counting each of those ticks. I tell legal lies. I tell legal lies. 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 Legal Black lies. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Black Law and Legal Lies, where we specialize in... Wait, this isn't really another episode. It's a continuation from last week's episode. Which is another episode. So welcome back to the same episode (laughs) that's slightly different of Black Law and Legal Lies. Remember, if you enjoy the show, please rate, subscribe, like, leave a review. You can find us on all social media at Black Law Podcast. And you can find me, one of your hosts today, Dan, (laughs) at I am Dan on drugs on Twitter and IG. Right. And you can find me, just Dan, at I tell legal lies on Twitter. And yo, I'm Afro Becky. Becky, 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 Becky. Welcome back. Okay, so to keep with the same segment, man, shut your ass up. We're trying to do a show. Gonna mute your ass, man. So to do, hell yeah, man. We're recording. Barely. I can edit you out. So, welcome back again. We just had to iron out some wrinkles, ladies and gentlemen. Now, I think she'll behave hey, now. You ain't the boss of me. Man, I'm Fox News. I don't give a damn. I'm you Fox ain't News. The box of I will me. mute your fucking then mic whatever. and then kick you off the <laughs> you, set. You ain't the boss of me. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah, this is for whatever. black professionals only. <laughs> All right, so, what the hell are you doing here? Afro Becky. Yo. Your hip hop knowledge. Are you ready? No. Are you ready? This this is easy one. Broken glass everywhere. Wave your hands like you just don't care. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That that's exactly how it goes. Good job. <laughs> that girl said, raise your hands. People pissing in the hallways, they just don't care. I guess not. <laughs> okay. And that was Afro Becky's hip hop knowledge, ladies and gentlemen. Should I even bother telling you who or just? Tell her. Yeah. And yeah, I would like to know. Grand Master. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like a Shit. it's like a juggle sometimes. It makes me wonder how I keep from going under. You were so uh, close. Uh, 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 it's like a juggle sometimes. It makes me wonder how I keep from going under. Man, we was just talking about that too. People in the eighties used to rap in dumb voices. <laughs> they used to be like, oh, 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 I got a car. Like, man, what the fuck is you talking about, man? <sighs> and Wait, I see people you know everywhere. Hold up. What you talking about? ODB used to rap stupid in a stupid voice. But his was cool. And hold up. And Buster Rhyme used to rap in a stupid voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so man. what the hell are you talking about? Wait, but there's a difference between being artistic and just... And saying, being artistic? I see people everywhere <laughs> waving their hands like they just don't That's care. That's that man voice? <laughs> Like, what the fuck? People don't talk like that. <laughs> yeah. Hey man, 
That's that man voice. What you you walking, walking, walking to work in the morning. I like to say good morning <laughs> to everyone. <laughs> that was emphasis. I, yeah, I guess so. So Becky, anyway, Grandmaster Flash mm. and the Furious Five. Oh shit, did I mess it up? Yeah, kind of. I'm sorry. So moving forward. Uh, I was just about to say, wait, you missed somebody. <laughs> missed five of them. <laughs> but last week, uh, we had to end our conversation a little short about the lack of black professionals. Uh, first, we took a look at the disparity between black and white attorneys, which was, what Huge. was it? 88% to... It's like 12 to 1. 12 to 1. I don't know how to do that math. So I'm going to say 88% to, I think it was like 4.5%. This week, um, we're kind of going to dive into HR a little bit and a little bit into tech and a few other places. So, Afro Becky, you are in HR, are you not? I am in HR. Now, tell me, what is the ratio? Wait, really? Yeah, really. (laughs) Tell me, now what's the ratio? All right. What's the ratio of minorities to white people in your experience at your various jobs in HR? I would say it is about um, 70, 30, with the majority being the minority in my past experiences and current. Wait, in the HR department? Yes, or... in the HR department. And those were just regular workers or were these supervisors and managers it's a combination so 70 30 i would say so in my in my personal work experience yes well i can see that considering that um well no i can't see that because as far as workforce goes in and most of the jobs that you've had recently have been in new orleans area correct They have been in the New Orleans area, yes. So considering, I know a a large majority of the workforce is minority, but more so in blue collar. I don't know about white collar corporate positions, but can't doubt your experience. So 70-30, huh? That's interesting. I would say so. Hmm. I be in IT, (laughs) y'all. And... I really be fixing people computers <laughs> and like for real, I ain't never seen nano <laughs> person. <laughs> I've never, I've never come across in my professional experience, another minority IT person. Well, in your case that that is very expected because when we talk about technology jobs, things like that, black people, people of color are woefully underrepresented unless you count Asians as a as a person of color. Nah, bruh. Nah. Because Asians, as far as technology and technological jobs are concerned, they are overrepresented. Indians, I didn't that is an Asian. Well, yeah. So there are a lot of Indians that work in these Dell call centers and almost any call center. Well, actually, if you go and look, if if you care to go and look at the stats on the racial makeup of these big tech companies, most of them like Google and Microsoft and um, Facebook, if you want to consider that a tech company, 
But and I, Apple? A lot of these tech companies have voluntarily put in to public the public purview. They've put out statistics on the, the racial composition of their workforce. And as I said, when you as far as black people and Hispanics go, woefully underrepresented. But Asians, they are overrepresented considering their place in U.S. population. I think there's something like, what, 5%? Fuck if I know. I, I think they are. There's something like five to six percent of the U.S. Hold on, population. I'll, hold on, because just by using reverse math, we know from last week that black people make up 12. Hispanics make up 16. So that's what, 28 percent. White people make up like what, 79 percent, I think. Of, wait, no, that's bad math because we'd be <laughs> at like a hundred and something percent. <laughs> Don't mind me, y'all. So they, as I said, are overrepresented considering their percentage of the U.S. population. So they're about, yeah, between five and a half to six percent of the population. And they, I mean, you mentioned Indians, but, you know, that's outsourced. So they're Mm -hmm. actually in India. But we're talking about people who are in the United States and the jobs that they hold in United States. When you talk about tech companies, but you know, that is actually not surprising considering that when you talk about STEM jobs, science, I had um technology STEM once. Engineering and math. What? I had STEM once. Man, shut up. I got a shot. Clear <laughs> clear <laughs> that shit up. Stupid. No, but, but I do see now that you say that though, like cities like Chicago, um, they're making great strides to add STEM programs into their schools. Most of it's actually funded by some of its taxpayer dollars, but federal government is an an industry. And these um, celebrities like Chance the Rapper, Kanye West, or you look at like LeBron school, Mm -hmm. like a lot of this shit is tied to celebrities. Now, how much of their money actually like the actual celebrities money? I don't even think that's important. I think it's sad, though, that that's what's needed. Yeah. Right. But, you know. What you're finding, too, the piggyback off what you said, a lot of these corporations are now providing funding for STEM programs in school because of this fact, because of what we're talking about. When you talk, because when you look at science jobs, technology jobs, engineering jobs, mathematics, anything that has to do with those disciplines, minorities are underrepresented as a rule yeah and you know what's crazy though like i said in in my experience being in it i am a sysadmin slash network admin depending on who you ask which day but in saying that i've never seen another person of color in my field i've worked with multiple vendors right uh dell hp etc etc i've worked at multiple data centers where um I mean, the data, there was one, I'm lying, there was one black dude at the data center. And I couldn't tell if he was black or Ethiopian, but I'm going to classify him as black. I remember him. Um, and honestly, that's the only person of color I've ever seen while being in IT. And I don't even know what the hell he did. He was just there. He could have been a janitor for all I know. But at the end of the day, it's like as many people as I've worked with over, we're talking about over a decade. Mm-hmm. I can only think of one black dude. 
Well, and and as I said, that's not surprising considering what your discipline is. And we've already discussed the legal field 12 to 1. Yep. You know, 80, 80 something percent. So and then I actually read an article and some of the stuff in the article shocked me because I thought we had some of these things like in the bag. You know, I thought we were like top dog in some of these fields. OK, let me guess. Let me guess. NBA. <laughs> no. NFL. <laughs> Because I know soccer, that just ain't our shit. You <laughs> no. Know, ice hockey. Baseball? No, we're talking about, <laughs> you know, professional slash skilled things. Not saying that basketball, baseball, soccer, or anything like that is not a, not a skilled profession. It is. Takes, yeah. a, takes a lot of skill to be a football player, basketball player, golf, tennis. It takes skill to do that. But the Bureau, I was reading this article and it had information from the Bureau of Labor Statistics. And, and says, for those of you who speak English, that's the Bureau of Labor Statistics. That's what I said. You said the Bureau of the Statistics. No, I did not. Anyway. She started drinking already. Uh-huh. <laughs> so the BLS has this data about the whitest jobs. Hmm. And they classify whitest as um, fields in which the population of people in them are 90% or more. And I looked at, I looked at them and I'm like, like I said, I thought we had, you know, we were like, we had the end on some of this stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And apparently we do not. Okay. So I want to hear this list. I'm interested now. So the whitest of the white jobs in America, should, wait, should I start from the bottom and go up or do you want number one? I want the, from the bottom up. Okay. So that's nasty. That's how you get syphilis in your mouth. <laughs> All right. So you number start from the top down. That's how you get herpes, though. You know what? Stupid. So electricians, 90 percent of electricians are white. My brother is an electrician. Is he white? <laughs> no, he's not. OK. See, and, you know, that's one of that's actually one of the things that I thought minorities had, like we had the lock on. You know, most elect like you said, your brother is an electrician. Most electricians that I know are white too. I mean, are black. So I don't know if that's a um product of my environment or not. But most of the electricians that I encounter are black men. Hmm. So electricians, ninety okay. percent. Directors of religious activity, ninety point two. Wait, you know, directors of religious act is that like pastors and shit? Maybe so, because you know we don't want be like we don't want be those right now. Mm-mm. You know the church is under attack. You oh, know, I know a lot of black pastors. Like almost, I want to say one in four black men are pastors. <laughs> <laughs> now is that self proclaimed pastors? Maybe, <laughs> maybe. Stupid. Now here's one that you know I would never even think about. As a skilled profession, but I guess it is. Private detectives, 90.3% of private detectives are white. That kind of makes sense, though. Mm -hmm. I guess. Now, here's another one that I thought we had on lock, but apparently not. Groundskeeping workers, 90.4% of them are white. Really? See? I would, and not to sound racist. Hispanics, man. Damn, at least let me get my thought out before you just sound racist. Jesus Christ. Well, at the place I work, they're not 
um, white either, but they're not black. They're Vietnamese. Really? Oh, yeah. The ones that walk around with the straw hats. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, they do that. I, I want to get one of them hats, too. You stupid. Nah, for real. That should keep the sun, like, off of your entire face. Yes, it does. So, pest control workers, 90.4%. Now, I will say this. Our pest control people that we have under contract at our home are black, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. See? We support black business. <laughs> Look at that. Shut up. So, not surprising, environmental scientists, 90.5. I don't even know what that is. You know what? Chief executives, 90.6. Chief executives. That's like a CEO. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. So this is another one that threw me. Painters, 90.7. All of our painters have been Hispanic. See, like I said, I thought we, and this is another one that threw me. Auto body repair, Mm -hmm. 90.7. Every auto body person I've ever encountered has been white. Really? Yes. Hmm. All right, so sales representatives, this was this did not throw me. 90.9. That yeah, and that goes to this is like when we talked about last week when we talked about the bankruptcy lawyers, right? Mm-hmm. And how people with names like Latisha and Reggie were more prone to be pushed over to chapter 13, I think mm-hmm. it was. Well, chapter 11. I think it was 13 and 7 last week. And people with faces like Letitia and reggie it's sad sadly i want to word this correctly black people are not looked upon fav- favorably okay so trust trustworthy we're, we're, yeah we're when un- you see a black man and i've always i said this joking i always say this joking but i'm serious but i'm joking <laughs> is you never trust a black man in a shirt and a tie wait really though yeah because they always selling out the bootleg perfumes <laughs> and trying to look professional doing it or some shit wait it is it a suit and a tie I've seen, we've been at shopping centers and someone will walk up to me in a shirt, tie, slacks. Hey, excuse me. Do you have a second? This looks like a professional person. Sure. I have a second. What can, what, what you need? What kind of, what kind of cologne do you wear? Nigga, get the, get the fuck, man. You remember that Becky? Like everywhere we would go, someone would come up. Uh, can I ask you a question? What kind of, what kind of cologne? What kind of perfume do you wear? Oh, do you have cable? That's the one. I, that's the one we get the most though. But anyway, going back to what I was saying is putting a high-end sales, let's say a Neiman Marcus maybe. Okay. If you were to put a black face on the floor for sales, right? What do you think the conversion rate would be versus a white person? And then let's even give this white person less experience in sales, right? Because sales is basically people. You know people. Right. Well, see, and that's the thing that, and it is exactly that type of, subconscious bias that keeps people of color from elevating to positions like this and and that's exactly what that's one yeah. of the reasons we talked about that last week and i ain't i ain't gonna lie like every time i go to a car dealership to buy a car right you wind up doing it with the the white boy right then no i think the last one was black but i always and i hate this shit and black people those of you who are listening Please take professionalism serious because when I go walk on a lot, this is what I get. What's up, bruh? What kind of car are you looking for? Man, say, bruh, uh, nah, them cars over there, they ain't it. I'm gonna show you what's up over here. Well, you know, hey, nigga, that- I'm about to spend twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars here, and you talking about some say, bro, what's up, dog? Because and- he is trying. What he is trying to do is put you at ease. That does not put me at ease. That makes me think of prison. 
Yeah, but see, here's the thing. You walk in the dealership. When you walk in the dealership, how are you dressed? It usually in like I'm dressed every day, sweats and a t-shirt. Exactly. So mm-hmm. what the brother is trying to do is make assumptions. Uh, no. Yes. What he well, you made assumptions. How am you I see, making you assumptions? You see a black dude in a suit and tie, and like, oh, this nigga trying to sell me some hot cologne. No, it's not hot. It's watered oh, so, down. Oh, see what it's, I'm saying? It's so, inauthentic. So what he did was he is trying to create a rapport with you. That's not how you do you it. You walk in with sweats and you know a sweats in mm-hmm. a, a ball cap, and he like, oh, this a homie. Let me let me let me just speak some of the vernacular so that I can get now, a rapport. Now again, that that shows a lack of professionalism because I don't know any professional in any field. Like I'm in IT again. So I go to let's say I go to meet with some people at Dell or something. Right. Mm-hmm. And I see a black man. Yeah. Nigga. What's up, man? Fuck these servers and shit, though, <laughs> dog. Like he going to be looking at me like, what the like fuck you, is you're wrong not, with you? You're not going to say it. So you are not going to say it. The thing is like that. The but thing you is, are you are because this person looks like you. We talked about this last week. This person looks like you and you assume that this person has had some of the same experiences and that is where that you're, you that's, that's where you're wrong in doing so while on duty whatever your job is you don't make those kinds of assumptions because that kind of assumption has cost it as, as far as me spending my money dealerships like i said 20 30 40 thousand dollars well you know because everybody this is not something that is only in the black community or the community of color this is something that's in the Caucasian community so as well. So if a white boy walks up to me and be like, yeah, what up, nigga? Uh, you trying to buy a car? <laughs> I, I think, yeah, you're right. I would have, I'd have a bigger problem with that. But going back to the pro- whole professionalism thing, that right there is insulting. Because when they see you walk onto lots, and I talk to two people, I know two people that actually sold cars for a many number of years, right? They have code names for the people that come onto the lot right Mm -hmm. i forget what they were now but basically black people were insects it was some kind of an insect it wasn't a roach but it was close enough to it and they were viewed as having low credit scores Mm -hmm. um they're probably going to be unable to finance Mm -hmm. you're wasting your time taking them on test drive Mm -hmm. so what you would do is you would be as rude or as what's up bruh as possible to turn them to get off. them to leave now when you see me i mean sweats and a t-shirt baseball cap that's my everyday uniform right you see me walk into a car lot yeah from someone who's been programmed to see black people a certain way you will see someone with low credit that you're going to see someone who might not get financed someone yada 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 spend 10 seconds talking to me it changes right but that's not just on a car lot though no but i'm using that as an example i know but what what my point is that whole subconscious bias thing that we've been talking about that this theme permeates most of the shows that we talk about because it is a real thing we had a show we talked about tipping Mm -hmm. the assumptions that people make when black people walk into restaurants same thing yeah you know no matter how you're dressed so you know whether you're dressed in a suit or not they see they see color so they presume something and that's the other thing too in talking to the same person that worked at a dealership is when you see black people nicely dressed coming to the dealership they're doing the reverse cosby 
thing where he dressed like a bum to make it look like he ain't had no money. Mm -hmm. They look at that. Now, this is, of course, one one particular dealership. So you're dressed up to make to 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 project that you have money. Right. You do. Right. Exactly. So as as someone you can't win. Someone we know and love once said, you know, you got to dress impotent. To be impotent. To be impotent. Uh-huh. Yeah, you know, that is actually an aside to a, someone that we worked with who thought they were going to be a part of this meeting, so came dressed in a nice skirt and a button-down shirt. And the rest of us showed up in sweats and T-shirts. Like, what the <laughs> fuck is you doing? Oh, I thought I, I was part of the meeting. Like, go sit your ass down somewhere. Wait, wait you, you remember when you uh, first started at your job? Yes. <laughs> and what did you, what was your uniform then? <laughs> I used to wear, ladies and gentlemen, this was before I realized, the, the before I peeled the layers back <laughs> as far as the company I worked at. I used to wear slacks, a button-up shirt, and a tie, and my best Stacey Adams shoes. I used to spit shine them boys, too, every single day, and I would go to work. And then I started noticing my coworkers hmm, were hmm. wearing the free T-shirts that their offices <laughs> hand out to like the people that go in there. So I said, that's unusual. <laughs> Other coworkers would be sitting in there in wife beaters. And I'm like, that's odd. And I want to say once or twice or maybe a whole lot more, I've seen women walking around in shower caps and house shoes, the fuzzy slippers. And I said, Jesus Christ, I'm walking around in a damn like I look like and everyone thought I was the owner of that company when I would go out to their offices because I was like the only person at the time that wore a shirt and tie. Very interesting. But they gave me my respect. It's like everyone called me sir. Whatever. Anyway, so the sales rep thing, like I said, that kind of threw me too because, you know, black folks know how to sell shit. Yeah. But crack. Shut up. So carpenters, that one threw me too. Because when I think construction or, or carpentry, I think Hispanic people. Really? Yeah, I think African Americans. You know, I, my uncle is a carpenter. Right. So, so you know, for me to to think that that's a majority, you know, non minority field. Right. Ninety point nine percent. Yeah. So tool and die makers. That what, what, what was that? Tool and die makers. Tool and die makers. Right. These are, are people who actually um make like the um manufacture screwdrivers. Parts different parts to machinery. Mm-hmm. Things like that. Okay. So ninety one point one percent. Now here's another one that kind of threw me. Cement masons. What? Ninety one point two percent. Mm-hmm. I got another one in them uh, them in my family too. Yeah, I know, man. Like, like this didn't this did not shock me at all. Architects, architects, ninety one point three percent. Chiropractors, ninety one point four percent. That didn't shock me. Not I don't at all. Believe in that one. Not at all. Mm-mm. Construction managers. This didn't shock me either. Ninety one point eight percent. Construction supervisors. Ninety one point eight percent. Now this kind of threw me. I was like, really. EMTs and paramedics, 91.9%. Right. So this is another one that that threw me. Miscellaneous agriculture workers. I don't know what that's comprised of, but that's 92%. So I'm assuming that would be like farmhands and dairy workers. and Yeah, but I I would not have assumed that. That that's a majority white. Right. It's like, hmm. 
once again hispanic when i think when i think like agriculture mm-hmm. and like people picking crops i think you know because that's what you see yeah because they are mostly the migrant farm workers mm-hmm. so but yeah according to the bureau of labor statistics and the statistics that they do have we're talking 92 percent. so mm-hmm. steel workers 92.3 radio technicians 92.6 See, you are not a majority. Um, medical transcriptionist. I'm not a radio technician. <laughs> medical transcriptionist. That's something else that threw me because you know we see these commercials all oh, the time. Oh yeah, all the time. Right, and they all go to Blue Cliff College. Something, and that's like ninety two point seven percent. I'm like, okay. One of my friends, um, well, a mutual friend actually went to school for medical coding, mm-hmm. but I believe could not get a job in the field. <laughs> I believe that's how the story went. Right. So small engine mechanics, that is not a um, surprise, 92.9%. This is also not a surprise. Aircraft pilots, 93%. All right. Yeah, let me pause. Me let too. me pause. Um, Quick question. Let's, let's, let's be all the way real with each other. <laughs> oh. How? I would trust the black pilots. Let, me, let me ask the question first. <laughs> Man. Not, not would you trust the black pilot? Would you trust a black pilot and black co-pilot? Yes. Okay. I mean, black people can fly. If, yeah, If they have right. the skills, they can fly. You are absolutely right, plane. Becky. I fly more often than you, and I'm a lot. So what's, what's that mean? That I have been on planes piloted by African-American are you pilots. sure? Are you sure of this? <laughs> yeah. So you sure it wasn't someone just sitting there until it was time for the plane to take off? <laughs> Because I'm going to tell you, man, I I mean, as stereotypical and as racist as it may sound. So you step on the plane and you see two black people in the cockpit. Shit, if I step on the plane and see one, (laughs) if I see someone mixed, if I see someone that looks like they got a quarter black in them in the cockpit, I'm going to be like, yep. See, this is exactly why. going down. This is why the Tuskegee Airmen struggled like they did because of because of the stupid because of that because of that but look now let me ask you this see i'm speaking from personal experience which we'll get into in a minute not not as far as um aviation but why why do you think it is that especially people of color now i said all that jokingly but there's a lot of people that feel that way like for real for real but about everything though like we watched an episode of rail you you ever seen rail oh okay that answers that rail the dude from get out and um what else was he in uh carmichael show yeah he's okay. a comedian but in- yeah he did he does a show he's a nurse in the show right mm-hmm. so someone who was racist came in and he had to treat him so he rail had to put a catheter in the dude mm. so the dude was like no i want a qualified nurse to put a catheter in so he was like i am qualified no i want uh uh so rail was like do you want a white nurse <laughs> to put it in so he was like yes so he said well the only other white nurse is on that's on staff she's not as as versed <laughs> right and she has very shaky hands do you is that who you want so he's like, yes so the lady comes in he's like okay you gotta do the catheter so she takes the catheter her hands is shaking and she's like okay i, I can do this so rail walks out and all you hear is the dude screaming, screaming. and hollering. Mm-hmm. So Rail comes back in and was like, you sure you don't want me to do it? And he's like, yes, yes, do it. So anyway, like the dude gets like an infection or something. I don't remember. 
he uh needed blood and they didn't have at the hospital o-type blood but rel had o-type blood so he gave the dude some of his blood to live and rel's like he goes home he tells his pops he tells his brother and he's like um look you know i gave this racist white dude some of my blood and they're like yo that's the most genius shit ever put your black blood in him (laughs) yeah his heart is pumping your black blood man that so he's like, nah, I wasn't even about that, man. It was just about humanity and doing my job and whatever, whatever. Goes back to work the next day. They told the dude, he's like, look, you're, good thing Rel was working here because you'd be dead. The dude was like, drain me. <laughs> drain me. So, and Rel couldn't understand, of course, TV show, of course, but he couldn't understand. It's like, yo, I just saved your life. I'd rather die. So, and, you know, and that, but what's crazy about that is, there are some people that still have that mentality. I would rather die than have this black person save me. Do you know how many times Paul saw that? But, but once again, that subconscious bias. Once again, here it is. Like you said, black aircraft pilots. You know, back in the day. I'm getting off that plane though. <laughs> no. See, and, but, and we have mutual friends who refuse to go to black doctors refuse to allow you know we we talked about that last week and it's that subconscious bias because black people can't do it right in his in his defense though in this in this friend's defense uh hopefully he's listening (laughs) he went to a black (laughs) dentist right (laughs) and i had been telling him about this for quite some time but he goes to the black dentist the black dentist jacks his teeth up and this is the same black dentist that another friend that we have mm-hmm. went to who had her walking around with no teeth in her mouth for about six months. It doesn't take six months to get fucking dentures. But um, anyway, the, the black dentist fucked him up royally. Not only did the black dentist fuck him up, the black dentist's black uh, administrative staff were some of the worst people ever. So between that, he leaves, goes to see another dentist and didn't realize how bad he was being jacked up. So with an experience like that, why wouldn't you start to paint with a broad brush? Because everybody can't be painted with that brush. And the thing is, the problem with that is this is why we can't step above. You know, this is why the the road that we walk the hills that we climb this is why there are hills and roadblocks in our way because people because of that bias but his but his bias is justified no though. but you just said painting with a broad brush right, right. not everybody treats clients like that no not everybody treats customers like that when so, you when you say that though you look at we're we're talking about medical practice i mean for all intents and purposes a dentist is a doctor right so you go in here and he's fucking your anatomy up. He's but fucking your biology but that's and shit one. up. But that, that, right. That that's is one. one. But that's all it takes when when so much is at stake and on the line. Well, let me ask you this. So don't ask me. Ask let me. Let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. If you walk into a white establishment and mm-hmm. this white dentist measures your teeth up, mm-hmm. where do you go? To the police. <laughs> you know, no, no. See, where you to, go to is a to a personal an, injury no, lawyer. To where you go is another white dentist. That's see, because that's the mentality Wrong. that you. Well, you just said. Let me tell you where I go. 
I would go. Well, first off, I wouldn't be going to a white dentist or a black dentist. All of my medical professionals are Asian. <laughs> and I am very lies. I'm very confident in that 5% uh, of lies. Nah. So anyway, finish the list. So, um, oh, yeah. So sheet metal workers. 93.5%. Cost estimators, 93.9%. Chemical processing machine workers, 94.1%. Mill rights, 94.3%. Speech language pathologist, 94.5%. Mining machine operators, 95.4%. Farmers and ranchers, 95.8%. And the whitest of the lily whitest jobs in America. Housewives. Veterinarians, 96.5%. Now, I have never in my life come across, and I've, I've had multiple pets growing up. I've never come across a black veterinarian. I'm ever. with you. I'm with you on that one. I've I have... only seen one on TV. Wait, Wait really? Dr. Doolittle. Wait, for real? <laughs> Order and the food, was, and, that was, and that was fiction. Order yeah. the food, and, please. And that it's was fiction. Ordered. So, yeah, and, and I'm with Dan on this one. I've had pets my whole life. And I've never seen a black veterinarian. You know what, though? That I think a lot can be said to that. Well, the same can be said to that as to the black lawyers and attorneys. Like we're not as a community in general. Now I'm generalizing. As someone said last week, generalizations are because <laughs> some of the shit's true or something. And I'm saying this because I love you all. But um, yeah, the. We're not exposed to shit like that. Like, how mm -hmm. often are we exposed to veterinarians? How often are we exposed to chief executives? Right. How we're not exposed to this kinds of shit. Right. And I want to take take a moment to respond to something I heard on the Awakened Soul podcast last week, where um, shout to Bello, Bello being Bello, he made a comment or a statement that. In America, now I'm paraphrasing here, in America, to avoid being poor, you only have to do three things. You have to go to school, you have to not have children until you're married, and you have to get a job. I eh. Wait, you just said shout out to Bello? Yeah, he's he cool dude. He has some very extreme views in my opinion, but all around nice guy. So what I'll say is our schools are underfunded. Our schools are underperforming. We're not exposed. We don't have the exposure to these types of things that we're talking about here today. We don't have exposure to veterinarians. That's the, like that's the furthest thing from a black child's mind. While a white child has the privilege of being able to say, yo, veterinarians have cool jobs. I want to learn how to be one. I want to learn how to like. Well, you know why you th think about that, though? Most we're talking about Caucasian children. They have animals that, and they fucking torture them. Their parents actually take their the animals to the vet. So you have people of color, children of color. They have animals. How often do you see these parents taking their children and the animal to the vet? It's because yeah. do you have the money? Can you afford exactly. to take your animal to the vet? Do you know how many animals and this is actually a sad thing. Do you know how many animals either get put down because the owners can't afford treatment. The, the treatment mm -hmm. or are left to suffer? Like I remember in our neighborhood, we had this dog. I forget whose dog it was, but he had cancer. And you know how cancer grows in a lump. Mm -hmm. The lump was growing under his armpit. 
and it was like hanging out and like dangling to where he couldn't even like use his arm like talking about Mm -hmm. and it's like the owner just let him run in the yard until he eventually died he he lived a long time with that cancer though right but he eventually died but and that's what i'm saying you can you barely can afford to go to the doctor for yourself so if you have the choice between properly taking care of your animal by letting it get you know rabies vaccine and checkups and and dental and you we we did used to do that the rabies the rabies and i think it's like the heartworm or something i think we did do the heartworm but i remember the rabies we're big on that because the fine you would get if your dog bit somebody and it didn't have a rabies shot was like right but for the most part i know around here growing up rabies shots were like 10 bucks you know it was it was cheap they they had that was a um a vet who would come and give administer the vaccine and like i said they would charge you like ten dollars and then so that's something oh yeah you can afford but when you're talking about like you take your dog to the vet annual checkup you know stool samples all this other stuff might be three four five hundred bucks and how many people actually say oh yeah let me go spend five hundred dollars on a dog Mm -hmm. let me go spend five hundred dollars on a cat you know how much my dog costs my dog seriously when i bought my pit bull it cost 150 dollars. you know how much money i spent on that dog dog food probably no everything because i was one of those that at the time i had the disposable income to be able to like i'm talking about dent dentist stuff Mm -hmm. all the Mm -hmm. nail clippings Mm -hmm. and all kinds of stuff man i spent thousands upon thousands of dollars on that damn dog oh trust me i know because i mean the off kind of off subject but veterinary medicine is a very lucrative job anybody out there listening steer your child towards that because i promise you my dog goes to get groomed every month that's 50 bucks at the vet shit that's actually not bad then you take him to get his teeth cleaned that's four hundred dollars easy. Because Why you don't do the teeth cleaning? I brush his teeth, but then, you can get the little... then they have to I have that thing, but I tried to do that one time and Hustle was like not having it. They they literally the but the reason why it cost so much because they put him to sleep. You know, they give yeah. him they give him the gas. They put him to sleep so they don't have to worry about him squirming and doing all that other kind of stuff. So doing that shots for like the flu and all this other stuff. Animals are expensive if you care for them properly. And so veterinary medicine people, and don't talk about big animals like horses. No, equi- that's a specialized. Equine medicine, mm-hmm. that's seen, some stupid dollars. Yo, I seen this veterinarian put on a glove, right? One of mm-hmm. these rubber gloves, but it rolled all the, all way, the way up, up to arm. their damn mm-hmm. shoulder. Mm-hmm. And he stuck his arm into <laughs> yeah. a horse's ass. Yes. I said, I know he makes a lot of money. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, he has to make money to do that. But yes, so and that's why what did, what did we say? How much? Ninety six percent, something like. But that. see, even even um some of the you know the um educational and informative shows that they have on Saturdays, all the animal shows vets have white hosts, except mm-hmm. for Caesar Milan. Yes, that's the only minority animal person. Caesar was my boy. Yep. That I've ever seen on TV. Season, right. like, and you're right. Look, that shit worked. Everyone <laughs> shut the fuck up. All right. So to bring the conversation 
full circle and back to the top, right? Some of the things that I was kicking around in my head is one, because in talking last week about the lack of diversity in the legal profession, these people can make changes, like real change, change that affects us all. I'm thinking in my field in IT, I'm like, hmm, is there a real need for us as far as being able to make change? And then I look at it. You look at the people that designed, you remember the website Black Planet? Mm-hmm. Do you know that was an Asian person? I'm mm-hmm. sure. The You look at the Zuckerbergs. You look at the uh, Twitter dudes. I don't even know their names. But you look at all this tech that's being designed. It's being designed by privileged. And when mm-hmm. I say privileged, I mean economically for the most part, mm-hmm. white males, right? Mm-hmm. What What do we have as far as things like in the tech world that are, that black people are the target demographics? Most things, like everything, really, because believe it or not, black people have a lot of disposable income. I'm, I'm waiting on the product. What's the product? Wait, technologically speaking? Yes, for us, by us. FUBU. Well, not by us, but for <laughs> us. Like what I'm trying to what I'm trying to say is the lack of people in the tech world that are people of color and there's a real lack of women in the tech world, too. Mm -hmm. These like minorities were some of the most out of the box thinkers. Right. Because of necessity. A lot of the things we've done, I'm pretty sure you have an uncle that maybe made a smoker out of a file cabinet. Right. Mm. (laughs) I'm pretty sure. Wait, 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 you, you, you using that, are you? I mean, is that not outside (laughs) of the box? So like with, with stuff like that, I mean, you can definitely use a little diversity, but to Becky's field, HR, you remember that t-shirt by H&M that says coolest monkey in the jungle worn on the black boy, Mm -hmm. right? Mm Mm-hmm. Now, I might be wrong, but if there was more, well, I'm right here. If there was more diversity at H&M, that would not have happened. That shoot would not have happened. But shouldn't somebody in HR be responsible for saying, hey, yo, this is discriminatory or some shit? No, but you think about it. If you're really seriously thinking about it, that wasn't an HR thing. It probably went through legal, honestly. Well, would because, legal look at that beforehand? Well, I guess afterwards they would have to look and say this is okay you to know, put at, out there. Right. Ad campaigns, they they actually go through legal to make sure that there's nothing that you could be dinged for. So, you know, as a general rule, they don't pass things through HR and say, you know, is this good? When you're talking creative processes and how advertisements get put out into the public it's more legal like is this good for us to do can we do this you know would we get any flack legally for this they're they're honestly not looking for cultural things it's it's all can we get sued for this see but that's that still speaks to a lack of diversity though and it does but but that's in everything though i mean all the all of the professions that we named on the whitest of the white list, there needs to be diversity in all of that. I mean, there there needs to be diversity, period. I think my last one before we wrap up here, right? 
this kind of goes with the episode, but then it kind of goes to the side a little bit too, right? Black auto mechanics, right? Mm-hmm. Now, I'm, I'm pretty sure you know some black auto mechanics. I'm pretty sure Becky does. I'm pretty sure most of you listening do, percentage-wise. And I want to go around the room real quick. How many of these black auto mechanics work out of an actual shop? Hmm, not a lot. Becky? Uh, the one that I know or knew that did it had his own shop. Mm, which one was this? My uncle in Florida. All right. Is this your uncle that's now locked up? Yes. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, ripping people off, was he? <laughs> like no. no, killing people. No. Uh, like to strike that from the record, Your Honor. Um, I I see a need for that now. My father, he's a black mechanic. Just say father shade. Um, <laughs> shade tree mechanic. But no, I see a real need for that because I see our people. I talk to them every day. People I work with. People you work with. They get ripped off by these auto facilities because most of them don't know a lot about cars. And even the men in there, like I work with a lot of women and their husbands and men's and boyfriends, they don't know a lot about cars either. Right. So you take your car to a professional, much like any other thing. You take the professional at their word that this is what needs to be done. And auto mechanics use a lot of dirty tricks to upsell you, to do more work than what's necessary, etc. So people spend, like the average car repair cost is probably about seven or $800. That's, that's ludicrous. You look at oil changes. Hmm. Oil changes are probably these days, I don't know. I haven't paid for one in quite some time. The last I looked, though, they were about 65 to $90, depending on what your car yeah, is what and size. where you go. Mm-hmm. Oil is about fifteen dollars. Oil filters about three dollars, and it takes all of ten minutes to do. You look at brake jobs. I remember for a while, brakes like every time Becky would take her car to get it serviced, or when I would take my truck to the dealership while it was under warranty. Yeah, you're gonna need new uh, front and rear pads. That's gonna be about five hundred and ninety dollars. Brake pads. For the front are about $35. For the rear, about $30. $60. And this is for name brand parts. And you're paying five, $600 for this shit, right? Same with like even battery or alternator. Alternator. That's an easy. Everyone knows that's 500 plus out of your pocket. An alternator is about $90. And it takes about 15, 20 minutes to replace. So if we have more black auto mechanics out here, I think a lot of this information could be disseminated to a lot of our drivers and we wouldn't be getting ripped off because when auto mechanics see women coming and when auto mechanics see black people coming, they They see see dollar dollar signs. signs. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So definitely need more black auto mechanics out here. I do see a need for that just to spread awareness too. And don't rip your people off. Well, I'm saying, like I said before, it's not just auto mechanics. It's in everything. We need black people in there just to give us insight into that particular field. Every field. Absolutely. Yeah. Becky, anything you have? Would you like anything to do, add, say? Um, well, I, I would definitely agree with y'all to say that there are or is a need for um, more representation across the professions and um as an example of something that might have um, been influenced or changed because um, if there were a black professional in the picture, it may have had a different outcome. Um, My mother, along with a lot of other mothers, may uh, have to take um, medication for hypertension. 
Mm-hmm. There is a drug that black people have a negative reaction to. Lisinopril. I can't think of the name. Now, my mother had this re- had a reaction to this particular drug. Had she had a African-American doctor, that might have been a Perfect. different right. outcome to where she didn't have to end up in the hospital with chest pain. Right. She, it would have been prevented because this doctor would have known not to give her that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we definitely mm-hmm. we did touch on that last week, too, as, as far as having um, doctors that relate more to their patients. And yeah, special like specialty things. I, I lost it. You know what? Something that we talked about last year, last year, Jesus, last week. Probably talked about it last year, too. <laughs> that we talked about last week. And I think you asked the question, Dan, about why we think that is. Why that there are not more people of color in professions like physicians and attorneys and IT professionals, HR professionals. Just anything that would have impact on workforce and other various things. And I know we listed some things and I talked, we talked about um, bias and subconscious bias. You know, I don't know if I said this and I, and I think I wanted to, which is why I'm saying it now. Wait, it's been you not say something that you wanted to say. I don't, I don't <laughs> really I don't think I said this, but if I did, Okay, I'm saying it again. There is, and and I find this to be a truism, you know, in corporate America, and I'm sure in in a lot of other places, people tend to stick with like. They would rather pick someone who looks like them than, than take a chance on a more qualified person who doesn't look like them. And as I said, that goes back to bias. And, and that's something that we touched on this episode as well. You know, Dan with his fear of flying black. Fear of flying <laughs> like, black flying, for those of you who fly, speak fear, English. Fear, fear of flying ba- black. See what I'm saying? And fear of doctoring black. <laughs> you know, it's that bias. Didn't, didn't they have a movie, Fear of a Black World or something like that? Fear of a Black Planet. Planet, yeah. No, that was a uh, diggable planet, saying. <laughs> I don't know. I know Fear yeah. of a Black Planet. I, I think that was Diggable Planet. That okay. resounds. But that that subconscious bias is honestly, I think, one of the main reasons why there's not a dearth of, there's a dearth of diversity. Because, like I said, like wants to stick with like, no matter if you have a, a more qualified person. Let me ask you this, too. I know I said we were going to wrap up, but let me let me go around the room real quick with this. When you walk into a mostly and I heard I also heard this on the Awakened Soul. Um, I forget who said it. But when you walk into a majority white establishment, right, mm-hmm. or event mm-hmm. and you see maybe one or two other people who look like you. Mm-hmm. Do you go out of your way to acknowledge those people? Wait, you're asking me. I'm for... asking you. Yes. Okay, so no, I actually, if I'm wandering around, I'm a friendly person, so I speak with everybody. What inevitably though winds up happening? You don't speak with. I speak to her. <laughs> I ain't friendly, but I speak. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> what words <laughs> come out of your mouth? Huh? <laughs> right. What winds up happening though, in my experience. The people of color tend to mob together. You know, they'll they always wind up in, in one particular spot. 
they'll gravitate towards one another. Mm-hmm. So, Becky? Uh, no. No. I do not seek to acknowledge them, but I don't ignore them either. <laughs> okay. I'll... I, I do that just about with anybody. I, I don't think that's uh, based on color for me. I go out of my way to acknowledge them. Why? I don't know. It just feels like the right thing to do almost as to say you are not alone. So if I go into a white establishment and I see another brother sitting there either with his white friends or by himself or maybe with another black friend. You go do that chin? I, I do the head nod like, what's up? I see you over there. I see you. Now remember, when a race war pops off, we're on the same team, bro. So anyway, this has just been a continuation of last week's conversation. Um, Hopefully it added something of value. You can always follow the show across the board at Black Law Podcast on all social media. And I, of course, am Dan. You can follow me at I am Dan on drugs, Twitter and IG. And my name's Ann. And you can follow me at I tell legal lies on Twitter. And I'm Afro Becky and I'm signing off. Mm. And Becky be ignoring black folks. (laughs) 